When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Holy shit. Uh, welcome in to the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. Uh, holy shit. Holy shit. Um, I, I honestly am at a loss for words. Um, before we get into that game, because I, as soon as we get going, we're going to be going and going and going and going. Let me just say a couple things. First of all, um, it's like 10 o'clock now. It's like 10 o'clock. I just got home. Like, I literally walked in the door. I uh, I, I had to mute the TV because I forgot to turn that off before I left because I was running really late. And uh, then, actually, I had to go to the bathroom real quick because that was a long game. And then after the game was really long. And also, the drive always, always, always very long. Uh, but then immediately sat down, plugged the laptop in, and we are just going with that. You know, usually, I like I write first. Um, because you know, that's kind of like the harder part of the job. And it's like, if you're really tired and trying to write, it's going to be, it's going to be frustrating. If you're tired and trying to do a podcast, you might wind up with a podcast like Thursdays, but sometimes weird stuff is fun. Um, so that's kind of what's going on now is, uh, I just sat down. These are kind of my first reactions. Honestly, in terms of the basketball game, like I don't even want to, it's like, huh, Nick really didn't get many minutes. Julian got a start. It's like that. Though that's like storyline twenty six and thirty. Like my goodness, what a night! For those of you who didn't see, Colorado just beat the number two team in the country, and Evan Batty climbed up on top of the scorers table after a fifteen minute mosh pit to give his senior night speech to the packed crowd down on the court. I mean, you just—I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen anything like that. Um, you know, in person, you know, I go through and think, like, what really stands out? Like, the Oregon State football game? Like, okay, sure, that was fun. Obviously, that doesn't compare. The Nebraska football game, the field rush after that, that was two years ago. It's like, okay, maybe that gets into the conversation. I mean, you guys, those th- that's, like, the extent of all of our shared experiences, right? Like, this is my third year covering Colorado that's when me and you, the listener, met at the very earliest. Um, but then I go back to, like, there was the Cat Grizz game. There's actually being a documentary made about it. It was awful because Montana State won. But that was a wild one. There was, like, a stop at the goal line. There was the time Montana. It was actually my first game as a college student um, when the the Grizzlies scored with, like, two seconds left. No, it was at the buzzer. It was a touchdown at the buzzer on, like, a fullback dive to beat uh, NDSU's with, like, Carson Wentz his senior year. That, yeah. I mean, 
thinking through, I was at I was at the game when Peyton Manning broke the touchdown record, the all time touchdown record. I mean, I, I again, like by far, this was the most incredible sports experience of my life, and at least like in person, and even like on TV, it's like Broncos Super. Bowl. But yeah, that was just spectacular. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Again, I assume that all of you are going to be listening to this tomorrow morning because you're probably just like, who knows, maybe you'll be up all night. Maybe you're going to be up at 5 a.m. and be like, oh, well, at least there's something going on. This popped up on Twitter. But holy shit. Holy shit. Um, okay, so this is three and a half minutes of bad analysis. I mean, where do we even start? So here's 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 kind of my experience at the end of the game. I realized with like 10 minutes left, like there's probably a better than not chance that the buffs are actually going to pull this off. And again, it's like, how surprised should we be? Well, first of all, really surprised because Arizona's lost twice all season. They're number two in the country. And you can throw things out like this is now, I think, 10 of 12 years that Tad Boyle's been the head coach that they've beaten a ranked team. So it been like, yeah, it would have been weird if you didn't beat a ranked team. Not as weird as it is to beat Arizona, though, admittedly. Um, so there's like stuff like you go through those thoughts and you're just like, okay, this could actually happen. What do you do if it happens? It's like, okay, minute left, you go down, you get down next to the court, you figure out where Evan is, and you just get as close as possible to Evan for as long as you can get next to Evan, and you record the whole freaking thing. And <laughs> and it was uh, it was chaos. It was chaos. Um, I'm, if you guys weren't in the arena, you guys are probably really lost in what's happening in this podcast. But the court storm, I mean, first of all, before the game ended, like the Buffs have the ball, there's like 14 seconds left. They have to dribble it out. They like dribble down toward our end of the court. So I'm sitting there. It's like, where's Evan? Where did Evan go? I can't find Evan. Evan is back on the other end of the court, screaming at the student section, hyping everybody up. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, he's way over there. I guess. Uh, I guess this is gonna be a challenge. So it starts. I'm, I like take a couple steps walking, realize all the photographers are running. I'm like, well, I guess shit, they're all charging this way. We're just going to have to charge that way. And there's a clash in the middle. You just get, you, you wind up where you wind up, right? When there's a thousand, three thousand, whatever it was, people pushed together on that basketball court. And I know like Evan's on the other side. It's like, I'm going that way. I'm going that way. Most of the time you don't have a choice where you go. It's just like, oh no, half the time somebody's standing on your foot and you're thinking like, oh, well, I hope when I fall, I fall backwards instead of forward so that my leg doesn't snap because shit would that suck to have your leg snap right now. That's how you get trampled and die. And for a second, I was like, why do we storm the court? And then very quick, I was like, okay, this is not the time. Time to go find Evan. So I'm like looking around. I, I settle for Lawson. Obviously, yeah, yeah, you can find Lawson in there. He's seven freaking feet tall. Um, KJ, Jabari. And it's like, okay, this is a cool squad. There's some fun stuff going on here. And fun fact, actually, after that Oregon State game, I spent some time in like the whatever you want to call what's going on in the rush uh, with, who was it? That was Julian and Jabari. I think it was Keyshawn. KJ, no, KJ was there too because me and KJ had a I just realized there's I got halfway through that sentence and was like there's no way to make this not sound like a intimate relationship we had talked before and got along and you know we're friendly we're friendly so I do think KJ was there and it was after that so the point is I see all that and it's like oh here's these guys again isn't this trippy to now be seeing them in this environment and that little uh thought process going through my head is also a spoiler for a story that I will be writing next week when I go talk to those guys. And it's like, hey, what's it like? You know, you, you go through the, the field rush and now it's a court rush and it's you in the middle. But the thing is, so that's all going on. Everybody's like trying to get selfies. Those college kids are insane. One of them threw a freaking water bottle on the court. Who does that? Who throws a water bottle on the court? You know that you're asking for a technical. He almost got it to the ref too. And the ref was standing at the three-point line. Just absurd. The amount of time, the amount of time it took to dry off the court after the water bottle was thrown, that was also shocking, but not, I guess, a crucial detail at this point. Wind up, you're in the mosh pit. It's just like, okay, everybody's everywhere. All of a sudden, it's there's just Evan chance all around me. I'm like, okay, where where the hell is Evan? 
and why is it so hard to find him? He's a, he's massive, right? And it's like, okay, Evan is somewhere around here. And then it's like, where are all the people looking? It's like, well, 70% of them are spinning around in circles trying to figure out where Evan is. 20% of them are like just, just glossy eyed drunk. <laughs> and then the other 10%, well, the other 10% are looking behind me. So I was like, well, I guess I should turn around. Turn around. There's in the distance, Evan. And it's like, okay, there's about nine, 10 people between me and Evan. I need this video to be good because the people on Twitter deserve to see what Evan was up to in that mosh pit. And so it's like, okay, here we go. Time to kind of weasel my way in. When you bump somebody in the back, you're just like, you kind of like glance behind you a little bit, you know? Like he's like, oh, oh. Act like, act like you got hit from behind and that's what happened. And it's like, oh, push, push, push. All of a sudden, it's just like, here we go. Evan Batty chance. So many Evan Batty chants tonight. If, if you guys are watching, I mean, you guys probably saw when the ball got tied up. Evan had it. Arizona's guy really wanted it really bad. There was like guys on Evan's back. I think it, Twitter said a punch was thrown. Honestly, the closest thing I saw was a big swing with the ball in his hands from Evan with like an elbow. Where I was like, uh-oh, hopefully that didn't catch him. But from my angle, I couldn't really see. Point is, all that's going on. It's turned into a wrestling match. There's like the review going on. But I think before it even stopped, before like the, the four guys were off of Evan, the crowd was chanting Evan. No, no, no. They were chanting. Yeah, it was Evan Batty. No, no, no. It was Batty. It was just Batty. There was like, Batty, Batty. You know how they do. And then about 10 minutes, not 10 minutes, sorry, like probably 30 seconds later, they, they were done. They're just like, okay, the, the chant has run its course. No chant for like 10 seconds. And then after the Batty chant had been gone for like 10 seconds, there was an Evan Batty chant. You know, Evan, ba Evan Batty. There you go. Um, but it was just that for another 30. It's like, there was it. There was a ten. It, there was a ten second break between the Evan Batty chants, right? Like how crazy you'd think. Like if a player gets his name chanted, I'll probably not gonna hear that again for a minute. No, just immediately after. And then the mosh pit. Everybody's chanting his name. He's having the time of his life in there. He's taking pictures. Uh, he's he's a little he's a little teary eyed. At one point, at one point, he like noticed me standing there with like my camera up above our heads, and he was like, "Oh hey, how's it going? Like what's up?" And I was. In my head, I was thinking, like, not the time, Evan. Not the time. We talked yesterday. This is not the time. What am I supposed Hey, oh, I'm good. How are you? Because I knew he was good. So it's just like, oh, yeah. And it was just insane in there. Just packed in. Getting out was, honestly, potentially harder than, than getting in. From there, it's like, okay, well, they're trying to get these senior speeches done. There's like, a, it's a weird split, right? Where it's like, I'm a journalist. My job is not to like rush the the court and scream and jump and all that, but it is to make like videos and stories and podcasts and things that people find interesting. It's like, you know what people find interesting, especially old people and no offense to you listening, but typically it's old people who listen to podcasts. I'm not old, old, but just compared to the college kids on the floor, older with the college kids on the floor, it's like, okay, these are not the podcast listeners. These are not the people who are you know, whatever. The point is, I got to show the people what's up. So there's there's that journalistic responsibility. Also, when I think it, I couldn't tell, I thought it was Tad saying like, okay, everybody get off the floor, not even get off the floor. Just like, we got to get these speeches rolling. Please like, just cool it for a second. Evan, the rest of you start, I mean, get, get this way. And that's when I was like, okay, I should probably back out just a little bit because again, yeah, I'm, I don't want to be the, the, the problem, right? You know, that's where I was like, yeah. And then realize I can't get pictured. And so then I'm like pushing over all ladies and shit. Just like the, her, her husband, her husband did not like it. But I was like, I got to get a picture of Evan close as I can get behind him. It's like, oh, here we go. Evan's just standing on top of the scores table. The court packed with people. Everybody's still screaming. All the chants. Everybody's saying they will all whatever. And He's just up there saying, like, one day I'm going to be the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. And I, that's actually something I heard before. And I'm not sure I, I'm not sure if he told me or if somebody else told me or, or what. But I did know that that was a, a really big goal of his. I think he's told me. It might not have been a one-on-one, -on -one though. It's, but that's not the point. The point is, Evan Batty's senior night, they beat the number two team in the country. 
the court is stormed, of course, because how could it not be? Evan Batty gives his senior night speech from on top of the scorer's table. What the hell? Like, who is this guy, right? Like, you know, I was we were talking about it afterward, and it's like, the man has the best... I don't want you, is it the best luck in the world or, or something like that? Maybe it's just karma. Karma is probably a better word for it, knowing Evan. But, like, honestly, ever since he had that stroke uh, four years ago, five years ago, whatever, I think five years ago maybe, shit's been coming up Evan, right? Since then, things... It's, it, how, how else was this going to end? How else was this going to end except for Evan Batty on senior night knocking off the number two team in the country and... and Everything that ensued. Like, I don't know. Like, that man might be like a witch. He might be the, the next coming of Jesus. Somebody should probably start a church after him, though, right? Like, based on the things that we're seeing. Whew. What a night. I just... I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. And to be honest, I was like, you know what? We, could, we just got to get all these thoughts out, first of all. And then we can try to build structure as we go. Or... I don't know, whatever else we're going to do, but uh, what a, what a night. Like what, what does this mean for the net rankings? It, I'm, I almost said it didn't cross my mind. No, in the car ride home, it did cross my mind where I was like, okay, what does beating Arizona do for the net rankings? And it's like, oh, you're sitting there. I actually don't know what it is. It's got to be around 90 at this point. Let's get you up to 70, get you up to 65. Like I, we, we've talked about this all week. It's probably not good enough, but to be honest, I've, talking about the NCAA tournament or, or what comes next, it just feels wrong after a game like this. It just feels wrong after a game like that. Like, what a thing that happened. I mean, Sabatino Chen was there. Sabatino Chen! Like, after... I don't know how many assumptions to make on this particular podcast, and this is not what I'm going to make, so let me say what happened with Sabatino Chen. The Buffs were playing... Number three, Arizona, Sabatino Chen at the buzzer, launches a three, gets it off with 0.2 seconds left, nails it, buffs win. But wait, actually, the refs were wrong, and I think maybe like review wasn't a thing back then. I work on like the Big Sky Conference timeline, in which case, like, yeah, review was not a thing back then. Pac 12, though, it's like, feels like we should have had it at that point. Point is, doesn't count, and that's potentially like the defining moment like that's 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 not probably fair to say defining moment of his career but when people talk about Sabatino Chen oftentimes it's in reference to that moment who's sitting there in like the fifth row at midcourt Sabatino freaking Chen like (laughs) all of these things just coming together and holy hell like what what is going on this, I mean, this is what sports is about, right? Like, this is why people pay t- This is why I go to Buffs basketball games and practices and all that stuff is because this could potentially happen. But it doesn't happen often. You know, this is one of those moments that obviously goes down in Buffs history. This is one of the... It's it's weird because the senior night aspect is is a very crucial part, right? To, to this this memory that we all now will have because a lot of times when it's like what what was like the great moments like well what about the buzzer beater there you know what, what about beating Kansas what about these things and it's easy to to say like okay well what what were people saying beforehand like uh, how good was the team what was the team ranked um what did it mean for the postseason chances like and you, and you try to go through all these different categories to quantify something that's really hard to quantify in terms of like the best games ever played at the event center i guess is a better way to frame it that knocks some others out of course but when you factor in it's like also it was evan batty's senior night and Evan Batty himself is so unquantifiable, right? Like, what was the stat line tonight? Did he put up like nine and eight or something? Let me see if I can pull this up actually, because I'm really curious. Uh, Tristan Silva, Evan Batty. Oh no, he had eleven. I, I that wasn't fair. Um, eleven and four. So I'm. Mean, uh, it was pretty fair. Uh, well, he was, Evan Batty, you know the guy who's who goes for eleven and four 
honestly not a surprising result. Meanwhile, you've got De Silva there at 19. Jabari, Keyshawn both put up 15. Jabari is 15 and 14, notably. It's it's the Evan Batty night. Like, everybody's chanting Evan Batty. Like, to, to try to say, we're going to factor this in because it was senior night. Like, Evan Batty, there's just no way to, to, to factor that. Like, because it's Evan Batty, like, I think it's incomparable. And I think that when you have a situation like this, and who knows, I've... I've said about a dozen different concerts of the favorite concert I've ever been to, and then two days later said like, eh, well, was eh, maybe not. Uh, so who knows? Maybe this is just an initial reaction to a game that ended what two hours ago. But you just beat the number two team in the country on Evan Batty Senior Night. I think this I, again, like I've I've followed Buffs basketball for three years and not for the other hundred or whatever. And so I'm not sure I'm the one who should be saying greatest moment in Buffs history, top five moment in Buffs history. But hell, I mean, I just don't know what tops it, right? Like, what if what if Evan Batty ends it on an, on a buzzer beater? It's like okay, that would do it. What if what if Evan drops thirty for what would have to be the first time in his career, right? Like I I don't. It's incomparable. Like, I know that hasn't happened. Evan Batty has never dropped 30 on a senior night. Like, whew, what a game. What a game. And it's it's hard to, like, again, it just feels unfair to say, like, so what does this mean for the next game? Or what does this mean for the postseason? Does this mean that, oh, is Keyshawn just having the time of his life? Like, was one of these guys going to transfer, potentially Keyshawn, potentially whoever? Was Jabari considering going to the draft, and now he's going to be like, ah, you know, let's give it one more run. Let's, like, that all just seems like such a waste of time, and just not, it, it would not honor the moment to, to, to dig too deeply into any of that. What a wild night, and what a performance. What a performance all the way across the board. Um just the effort, the energy, and the the fans. Like, it was, it was, people always talk about, like, oh, the old Coors Event Center, like, ah, back when it was the keg. I, I have a feeling that this is the kind of thing that they were talking about. That sort of fan support, that sort of just aggression. Maybe not throwing water bottles out there, but, I mean, again, so sometimes, like, I don't know, I think we've talked about this sort of stuff on the podcast before, but, I'm kind of out on sportsmanship. Like, I think that sportsmanship gets kind of way overrated. I think that, you know, we, I'm all right with athletes hating their rivals and just wanting to say F you every time they see them. And I think that, again, like, there's always a line. And, you know, throwing a water bottle on the court is across that line for sure. But I do think that, you know, it is sports, and you're supposed to be competitive, and I think that that's a healthy thing. Again, is it healthy to be throwing water bottles on the court? No, and certainly not if somebody had been hit in the back of the head. Like, obviously, that is not healthy for that person, but still, like, you see the water ball getting thrown on the court, and you're just like, okay, it's one of these games. Okay, I see what we're doing here, and so that was my thought there, and when people were saying on Twitter, potentially, like, why not throw rocks and then i was like no 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 but then when somebody would say why not throw another water bottle well then i was like yeah yeah okay you could you could sell me on that point is like just a raucous crazy crazy environment and it ended the way that it should and it even though it did end the way that it should there was no doubt in my mind that evan batty was not getting the the senior night that he deserved you know, coming into this game, actually, that's not true. Uh, your boy put 15 bucks on the uh, Colorado Buffaloes at plus 450 because, actually, no, it was seven plus five. It was $12. So maybe I'm, I made some money. I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's bet on the Evan Batty magic. I didn't think it would happen. Who could? Who could? It's Arizona. They've lost two times all season, once against Tennessee by three points. A Tennessee team, by the way, that beat the hell out of Colorado. Um, and, and the Tennessee team that is recognized nationally for how good that it is. Also, they lost to UCLA, 
a team that was in the Final Four last year, didn't lose literally anybody, plus added a five-star recruit, and is easily a national contender. Also, those losses were months ago. Two months ago. Like, (laughs) for this team to lose at this point, just, wow. What a what a performance from the Buffs. And Tad said after the game, like he he didn't think that that was a game Arizona lost. Like he didn't think it was a letdown game or anything like that. Um, and he seemed like he was really thinking about it. And he still didn't say like it was not a letdown game for them. But he was like, I don't think it was. Like, and I think part of him was potentially still in shock, like the rest of us. I mean, Jabari was giggling like a school schoolgirl at the at the press conference afterward, and. That's not his personality, typically, in those situations. So, again, I think that there was some of that shock there where Tad was also just saying, like, that wasn't a letdown game. Like, that, we just we just went out there and did it. And he also said other things, like, you guys heard me scream and curse and all those things. Um, by curse, he said the word ass in the last post game. He actually said the word ass uh, three, four times, so maybe that changes things in your opinion. Um, if that does change things in your opinion... You probably turned it off after I said, holy shit, probably like six times already. So uh, the point is, he said, as frustrated and disappointed as I was after the last game on Thursday, I'm just as proud of my team tonight. And I think that that's right. And I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, you know, practice yesterday, it was a doozy. And I don't think, like, it's not like he's running everybody and all that stuff, but it was clear that Things needed to change, and they sure did. The level of effort by every player on every play. I mean, I I think, honestly, maybe that just boils down to it goes to show how much everybody cares about Evan and how much everybody likes Evan. And, I mean, obviously that's true within the fan base. That's true within the athletics department. That's that's true within the coaching staff with Tad Boyle. But also within that locker room. And it's a locker room that I think has had some ups and downs this season. I'll say that. I think that there have been some frustrations. And and frustrations that have been voiced. And frustrations even coming from Evan. And so when you have that dynamic as well, I think that it'd be a lot easier. I mean, how how easy would it be for for Jabari to, to sit there and pout and say, what is going on? I have 15 and 14 right now. I'm 6 of 12 playing the number two team in the country. I just went toe-to-toe with the top 10 draft pick in front of Nuggets president Tim Connolly sitting up there in the corner and plenty of others. And you guys are chanting Evan's name? Like <laughs> the, the guy who's giving you a 10 and 8 every night? And again, that totally diminishes who Evan is and what he provides. But you could see how somebody in Jabari's shoes, for example, or, or Keyshawn's shoes or KJ's shoes or whoever's shoes would be like how is this how this works, right? And they don't at all. They they love Evan just like the rest of us. And there was, there was actually a great video that CU put together. Um, actually, two great videos. Let's, we'll touch on this one first, though. And it was basically some of the teammates talking about what Evan meant to them and, and just talking about some of the experience they had, what he's taught, all those sorts of things. And Tad's in there, and Tad's crying in there, and it's a good one. It's on Twitter. You should go watch it. But, uh, but uh, in that video, KJ basically says, like, yeah, you know, I'm going to really miss Evan. And it, so much of the time, like, when we're bored, it's just like, let's all hang out. And every time, we just go over to Evan's place, and we play dominoes, and we play video games, and we just hang out and talk. And there is that bond regardless and and i there there aren't like rifts between players and it, maybe there are but they're subtle enough that nobody who i nobody who would tell me has told me right so i don't think that that's a thing but evan is still that centerpiece he's the centerpiece of of just the culture and that hasn't changed from the time that he, I mean, the, the, the seniors left last year, right, to, to move on. The seniors that were part of Evan's class but didn't have to redshirt their first year. And so they all left, and Evan got stuck with a really young team. And by the way, if you listen to yesterday's podcast with Evan, um, you'll remember Evan said, 
we got to stop excusing these guys for being young. You know, I don't want to hear that they're young. Like you just got to, you got (laughs) to, you go win, right? Like I don't, it doesn't matter that they're young, but at the same time, you know, we all know that they are pretty young and some of the mistakes they make can be chalked up to youth. Like, can you chalk up effort to youth? No, you can't. Um, But, you know, some of the stupid decisions and things, it's like, yeah, freshman move there. That's a freshman move. And to be able to move from that group of guys last year that have really been the, the, the focal point of that team. I mean, they've been the basis of that team since they got into Boulder three, four, five years ago, whatever it was. And then to be able to to rebuild a sort of culture and, and maintain those things and be the, the binding piece between, you know, the guys who've been there for a long time, like Eli, to the guys who at least had a couple years with the other guys, like Neek and Luke and uh, Keyshawn, to, to also these brand new guys who've never been in a college basketball program before. And to be able to be that hub for everybody to connect to and it's something that he went out of his way and did. You know, we had the we had the DMVR buffs tailgate at the soccer game against Florida State. Evan showed up, and Evan brought KJ and Lawson and Keyshawn, I believe. No, Javon was definitely there. Javon was definitely there. Now, so maybe maybe he brought those four. Um, the the point is, like, he goes out of his way to to connect with the young guys. He obviously gets along great with the older guys. Like, there is just. To, to try to explain what I have seen and why I think Evan is so important, like, obviously, that's leaving out so many of the things, and none of this is going to be surprising to hear, right? Like, we all know this. We all knew this. You don't need to see it up close because it's so obvious. But for all of that to come together, I think that, you know, it wasn't luck. Like, it absolutely wasn't luck. It's because... Everybody wanted Evan to win that game so badly, including Evan himself. Probably most importantly, you know, that's where this all comes from. You know, it's easy to get along with a teammate when the teammate only cares about uh, uh, winning, right? Like, that's how you get along with guys. When it's like, oh, Evan Batty, he's he's a guy who everything he does, it's all about winning basketball games. It's like, yeah, that's we can get along with that guy, right? It's when it's like, yeah, he also... He likes to he likes to fill up the stat sheet. He understands what's ahead like that, and that's obviously not Evan. Um, but for Evan to be that driving force, that's a unifying thing. But but when you have him obviously playing as hard as he plays, you have his teammates playing as hard as they play because they care about him so much. You have the fans acting like the fans do because the fans care about him so much. You have Tad who cares about him so much. Uh, the the refs. The refs apparently don't like Evan Batty. Uh, the refs did not want Evan Batty to have that night. But honestly, that's probably a better conversation for Monday. What a what a night! What a night! That was uh, that was something else. That was something else. I again, my job is to put it into words. I'm a little bit nervous. You know what's going to happen actually? And this is the other piece of the plan was so typically like night after the game you're just like okay do the podcast write the thing for the website and you're good to go with a game like that that obviously isn't enough there's more work to do there's more things to be written and so i I decided like okay you're gonna pause you're gonna pause halfway through the podcast gonna get some taco bell on uber eats and that's gonna get delivered right when the podcast ends and then you're gonna eat the taco bell while you write these things and you hopefully won't be so hungry after. Um, the point is, I part of the reason I wanted to put off writing for so long is just because like that, putting this into words is going to be hard. And I don't get that feeling very often. But how do you do justice to what happened on that court tonight? It's It's impossible. It's impossible. And I don't know, do I start by just screaming holy shit a bunch of times? Maybe. That's what happened here. <sighs> also tell you that I'm going to sleep like a baby after all this. Um, you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to crack open a Breckenridge beer and it's going to be a strawberry sky and it's going to come from that refrigerator right over there. And I'm actually, am I going to crack it open? I'm going to wait till after the podcast. Probably I need that to last me. Um, but the reason is because Breckenridge makes the best beers and everybody likes them. 
everybody, even you, whether you've tried it, whether you haven't, you like it. Just trust me. They're really good beers, whether it's the Strawberry Sky, the Avalanche, the Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale, the Vanilla Porter. A Vanilla Porter Jr. is what we call it on a night when the Nuggets win. Uh, but so much good stuff. They're actually supporters of the Buffs. They, they sponsor the Buffs. They do stuff with the Buffs. And also with the Nuggets and the Avalanche and the Broncos, obviously, and all, all those different teams. They're a huge part of the sports community. They're a huge part of the actual community, just the community community. Um, they're, they're donating 1% of all their profits to the National Parks Conservation Association. It helps them after like the wildfires last year, um, which they did. Then they restarted it because of the, the fire in Boulder. Well, not Boulder, but the Boulder area, the larger Boulder area. Uh, I have a feeling you guys know the fire is the awful one. Um, but yeah, also DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's give a shout out to them. Uh, they make also a lot of what we do possible. We, uh, we would not have this podcast if not for DraftKings Sportsbook, most likely. So we like betting with them. Like I said, how much I should figure out what, what, what kind of money did I make on that $12 bet? While I pull that up, I'll give you a DraftKings pick of the week. And I'll start by saying, I wish that halfway through saying that I was about to do one yesterday, I hadn't decided, no, don't give out the buffs. It's Arizona. That's just a bad idea. Uh, because that would have been obviously a really, really really big winner um here's here's the bet that we will go with instead of that one though uh the nuggets tomorrow night it's the second side of a back-to-back eight point underdogs against or no sorry eight eight point favorites against the portland trailblazers portland they're really 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 terrible right now and you think of what the buffs did against arizona state but i mean it's basically that same thing um, so Nuggets, obviously they, they have this weird thing where they're really good on the second night of back-to-backs abs as well. I think, I don't think the abs have lost on the second night of a back-to-back. They haven't lost in regulation. They're like 12, 0 and one in the second night of back-to-backs this season, which is a weird stat as well, but we're taking the Nuggets cause this line's a little bit too close because of it being the back-to-back, which doesn't affect them as much as you would expect. So there's a good bet. Minus eight at minus one ten. Love it. Also, um, oh, I forgot to actually check. $12 paid out. Oh, shit. That actually paid out a lot. That was like 60 bucks I won. Um, a little more than 60 bucks. <laughs> Big night for your boy. That's why we're getting some Taco Bell up in here. Uh, that's why you should get with DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you sign up right now, then you can get $150 in free bets if you bet $1 on any NBA team to win any game and they do that. It's a great deal, and it's one of the many great deals that you'll find with DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app in the United States of America. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions applied. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Again, that promo code DNVR. I don't think I said that either times I was supposed to. DraftKings Sportsbook app, promo code DNVR, $1.00. For $150, any NBA game. Okay. Um, I'm glad I got all that out of my system. Because we're going to do some uh, heavy-hitting basketball analysis here. And by that, say, I just, I'm going to, you know what? Actually, that's not true. I'm going to be dreaming of Evan Batty tonight. And not, see, this is what happens when I say these, when I do these podcasts so late. It's almost 11 now. Um, but the, obviously that's where your brain goes, right? That's what this is remembered for. For Tristan De Silva, though, I could dream about his feet, his footwork. It's better way. His, I could dream about his footwork as well. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you know what I think the difference is? And this might actually be true, not be true because I forgot to check, so I'm going to put myself on the spot here. Okay, so I'm an idiot. But uh, what happened was Dalen Terry was trying to play defense on Tristan, and Tristan just backed him down, backed him down, backed him down. And the whole time, Dale and Terry's staying just a little bit too high. And so Tristan gets to the paint, and you're just like, huh, why Why isn't he just turn around and lay it in? But he backs him down and backs him down. And, th- and then he finally eventually does it, and it's like, yeah, he just walked him all the way down there knowing that that was open took it. And what it felt like at the time, and this is what I was wrong about, it felt like he was playing a freshman. 
because it felt like the freshman just was like, eh, I, I don't know exactly where to be in this situation. Um, I don't understand that I'm giving this role up. But but Tristan, now kind of starting to put together some of these mental things, is realizing that he has that window open, right? They, they, there is that drop step there, and he can just turn and bang and bank it in, and he's good to go. Um, and I thought that was because he it was just seniority thing. Turns out Dalen Terry is actually a sophomore, and I'm an idiot, and he played last year. But yeah, um, that I think for a player who plays like Tristan De Silva does is very very important because I think that you see him and think like this is a guy who he can he can he has the skills to win the chess match. Like you look at his footwork and it's like yeah he can beat people with his footwork. Um, you. Uh, you, you look at like the passing ability, even if there are a lot of turnovers, the passing ability, and say, like okay, he can put the ball where it needs to be. Um, and he has the size and the physicality, and he's not like the quickest guy, but he, he has this tools to win the chess match. But you, you have to understand how to think it and how to realize what advantages you have. And he had, he had that advantage and realized and took advantage and that was the kind of thing that we saw from him all night and I think that it's really easy to look at a guy like Tristan and say like oh not the biggest jumper not the fastest player like once all that stuff comes together he's gonna be good I think for him it's it's the mental pieces there's so so many of those mental things that can turn him into a really great player you know I've said on the podcast before that he's a guy who you know sometimes the NBA scouts who come down to to watch Jabari they're like yeah that Tristan guy is pretty good he could have a future and there's obviously reasons for that he's a big guy um and he has a big frame and you could see him winding up being a six foot ten 250 pounder who could be super physical and all that stuff um and that's just having the size to play in the NBA that's a big piece of it but also he he has that skill set that you look at and you're like oh he's he's sharp like he can he can make those things happen but for any of that to work out he needs to be elite mentally. And he's a really, really smart guy. He is a really smart guy. That's something I can say for sure. But you can't just assume that that's going to come together. And that's why seeing him do things like that today and make the passes he makes, and, and especially in the post, you're just like, okay, there's a, there's stuff to like. There's stuff to like. Um it's coming together for him. And just to run through these stats, I mean, he uh, he puts up 19 points on 7 of 10 shooting. He's 1 of 1 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line. Three boards, an assist, a steal. No turnovers. Just the probably the performance of his life, right? Like, I don't think that's a career high. I think he's gotten over 20 before. But obviously in that situation against that team, biggest performance of his life. And that is, it's encouraging. It's really encouraging. Especially when you remember the context of the season where we knew it's a, it's a young team and they're going to be better at the end than they are at the beginning. Question is, how bad are they going to be at the beginning? How good are they going to be at the end? And now we start to see like, okay, Tristan's a piece who could be good. He could be an all-pack 12 player. Do you have the stuff around him? Like, ah, oh, there's still some question marks around him. But but you see with a lot of these guys that they're taking these steps and they're showing you things to like. I mean, Jabari, again, probably gone, especially like a night like tonight definitely helps his case to go to the NBA. If he were to decide to return, you just saw another another step. Another step. He He was so physical, so consistently. He was fighting for rebounds. He, he was wrestling for rebounds. He was on the ground. And he was scoring the second chance points and doing all those things. And you're just like, wow, what a really gifted human. And what a person who is starting to... I don't even want to say... Because he's put together some really good games. And I'm not sure that this was like a Jabari took a step night. But what it was was a night where he did what he's done often. But he did it against the number two team in the country. It's, it's kind of a prove it night. And he he proved the hell out of it. He proved the hell out of it. I mean, yeah, Jabari played a great game. Um, by the way, did I say fifteen? I did say fifteen and fourteen earlier. Shot fifty percent from the field. Two turnovers, two blocks, a steal. Good stuff from Jabari. <sighs> Julian Hammond. Julian Hammond gets his first start, and it looked to the most part. I guess I didn't double check this. Yeah, I mean, mostly eating into Neat Clifford's minutes. 
I think that that's probably notable. Um, and on top of that, uh, maybe, no, probably not from KJ or Key, but mostly eating into uh, Cliff Clifford's minutes. Uh, he, again, wasn't a perfect game, but he showed some things, right? He did seem like he could be the, the guy in the room who is a point guard. You know, he when you, when you think of a point guard, you can think of Julian Hammond. You say, what does Julian Hammond do? He's a point guard. You know, when, when you say, what does K.J. Simpson do? It's like, oh, he gets downhill. He's really aggressive. And it's like, yeah, he, he dishes too. He's a point guard, but he's high speed, high tempo, really aggressive, using his physical trait, those sorts of things, right? Um, with Keyshawn, it's like, yeah, he's a scorer. He's a shooter. He's, he's kind of that Dame Lillard sort of mold. And when he's on like Dame Lillard almost always is, he's a valuable player. And when he's not on, you're like, ah, I just wish there was a little bit more there. With Julian, he's the guy who's like, yep, point guard. That's a point guard. He just does the point guard thing. Like, can he get to the rim? Can he score? Yep. He's going to shoot a good percentage too because he's not going to do it in dumb situations to shoot. Uh, is he going to turn the ball over? Like at this point, yeah. Uh, he's going to see some things. I thought there was a great read on, what was that, second possession of the game? Uh, I think it was a little pass to Jabari in the post. Just so patient. So patient. And again, you talk about KJ. Is the word patient one you use? Very, very, very rarely. And in fact, in my case, I have never called KJ patient. And again, he. It's not, I don't want to bash KJ. I think KJ played pretty well too. I think KJ played really well. I think Keyshawn played really well. But Julian got the start. And Tad did make it clear afterward. Like This isn't me being frustrated with Keyshawn or upset with Keyshawn or anything like that. It's just looking for a spark. It's shaking things up and hoping they work. Uh, they worked. <laughs> Definitely worked. But uh, he also said KJ likes coming off the bench. He likes kind of being that energy guy off the bench. And I'm not sure that that was the difference. But Tad did allude to that when saying when talking about Julian starting. So I think that that's obviously notable. But I think Julian played well. Um, only 20 minutes still with Keyshawn playing 24, KJ playing 29. Neek only 13 though. And I don't know what that was about. Uh, didn't score. He was 0-2. Did turn the ball over twice. Three fouls, two rebounds. Oh no, sorry, three rebounds. That's my bad. He was a plus three, which was tied with Julian for worst on the team. <laughs> this is That was another reality check for, moment for me where it's just like, Imagine imagine 24 hours ago knowing that you're about to say, yeah, Julian Hammond and Neat Clifford, oh, they were the worst on the team with their plus three against Arizona. Like, whew, they, they freaking did it. They did it. Um, oh, they did it. But uh, Julian, a solid game from him. What else stands out? Luke O'Brien, some good grinded out minutes. Honestly, I think we, we might be done here. We might be done here. Uh, we'll dig into some more of the other things. Um, if you want my initial thought, like NCAA tournament, it's still not there. It's still not there. It, I still think like you you go beat Utah next week. You go to the NCAA tur- or Pac-12 tournament. You probably play Oregon State in the first round, right? And so you you beat Oregon State. After that, you pl- probably play Oregon in the second round. Say you beat Oregon. After that. You probably play uh, Arizona in the semifinal. Say you win that. And then you lose in the final probably to USC or UCLA. Uh, Maybe you're on the bubble. You might be on the bubble in that situation. I think that that Arizona State loss is probably just one too many, right? Just the kind of straw that broke the camel's back. But I think we're going to get a good read on all of this stuff tomorrow morning when the new net rankings come out and we see just how, how much this win helps Colorado. Because I guess also when we were talking about this, we talk about, okay, you win out and then you win two games in the Pac-12 tournament. Does that uh, does that do it? You know, you're also thinking you beat Arizona by like one or two. And the net rankings do take into account just the margin of victory. So... This will this will significantly boost the upside, and you now have that second, I believe second. No, I think first. No, it must be second Q one win with the Oregon win. That must be Q one. I we'll study up on all this stuff on the next podcast. Uh, I did not come into today thinking it would be relevant. Let me tell you that. 
what a performance and what a way to send Evan off. And, it, you know, it's it's honestly pretty I, – I screwed up by not bringing up Eli Parquet more. You can make the case that Eli's the better player, and there's no reason to have that debate, but I don't think that Eli's contributions to this program should be overlooked. And again, Evan is Evan. Evan does so many things in so many ways. Eli is a big loss, and you wonder where Colorado would be right now if he was on the team. Or not on the team, if he was still healthy. I think in particular, you'll look at the USC game and the UCLA game. Both of those come down. The Buffs have a shot at the end, and uh, they blow it. And I'm not necessarily thinking like, oh, well, Eli would take that shot and then it'd go in. No, but over the course of the game, does he help you out a bit? Probably. And everything is different, and there's no reason in in thinking about what could be different. And Tad said after the game, he's not going to be telling the team about, oh, you know, here's what could have happened. He said, like, it might cross his mind while he's in the car. But, but, but yeah, and what Eli did in Boulder should not be overlooked. And I think it was breaking news on the podcast yesterday, which I didn't, I, I should have probably promoted more, but he is going to look for somewhere else to play next season. He's going to go in the transfer portal and use his COVID year. And I think that he's going to wind up with a really, really great home. I think that he's going to have options. I think not just in terms of like where he plays, what school he plays for, but also what role does he want? You know, I think we've seen like Deshaun Schwartz got to go be a star this year at George Mason. And, you know, you're happy about that for him. Um, Is that what Eli wants? Is Eli going to go try to find a place where where he he can take seven shots a game, 10 shots a game, 12 shots a game? It's possible. And then there will be options like that. You know, my Montana Grizzlies would love uh, love Eli Parquet, and he could he could find that role probably somewhere a little bit more competitive than them. Um, but does he wanna does he wanna be a true role player? Does he say I want to go to to one of these tippy top schools and come off the bench and and provide fifteen minutes of three and D? I it's it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be really fun to watch and. I really, really do deeply feel bad for the guy for not being able to play tonight. Um, his family was out there, uh, which is good to see, of course, like not a surprise by any means, but a good way to send him out too. A good way to send him out with a win like that. And Ben and Ursek and Will Laughlin and, and <sighs> what a night. What a night. And, and Evan deserved every second of it, and we were all lucky to be there with him. That's going to do it for today. I've got a bunch of things to write. I've got some Taco Bell to hopefully eat soon. And uh, we'll be uh, we'll be in touch, right? Um, I have a couple ideas for next week. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about something on Monday for sure. Probably more about this game after uh, the you know emotions fade away. And we wind up with rational thoughts. At least that's the hope. Um, that's going to do it for today. We'll talk on Monday.